0: Welcome to Tech Breakfast. Today's top headlines served hot by your host, Aaron Buley and Tyler Gates. So grab your coffee and let's get into it.
1: Hello, friends. It is Friday, July 31st with me on the show, Russ, Tyler, and then we have Darren Zook on the phone. What's going on, Hi-ya. guys? Hey, yo. Talk to us a little bit. Just give us like a quick, tell, tell us who you are.
2: Yep. Then we'll get yeah, it. sure. My name is Darren Zook, based out of the Charlotte, North Carolina area. Not originally from here. I'm a transplant, um, but originally hail from Amish country, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Um, but hey. currently, yeah, right.
1: Pennsylvania is in yeah, a row.
0: Back to back.
2: I know. I know. My buddy Doug. Yeah. But uh, no, I'm currently a product line marketing manager at VMware in the cloud platform BU, and I spent the last two years as a SE for vSAN and vCF, which is how I got to know uh, Aaron, you and Tyler, and then, uh, spent about four and a half years as a partner before that 10 years, as a customer got a wife, two kids, two dogs living the dream, man.
1: Wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. What is your favorite hobby?
2: Favorite hobby. I don't know. I, I like to tinker in a lot of things, but honestly, it's, you know, it's spending time with the wife, kids playing with the dogs. I mean, it's, it's trying to get away from, you know, the day to day when, uh, you know, you have some downtime.
1: Sure. Okay. Great having you on the show. What we're going to talk about today, this is going to be solely focused on the congressional hearings that happened earlier this week, where Google, Apple, Facebook, and Amazon faced a firing squad of questions uh, that were a little bit funny at times. What do y'all think?
2: In a word, from my
1: standpoint, it was
2: bananas. (laughs) Like B A N A N A S. B A N A S. You got it. You got (laughs) it. (laughs) Down to the office reference and all, yeah. I mean, it, it was I just
3: that right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was just, I mean, it was bizarre. I mean, obviously, you had you know some partisan grandstanding, you know, versus the actual antitrust issues. You know, they they really seemed to focus more on the political side versus the actual antitrust issues. I mean, antitrust there at the end of the day is to ensure we don't see you know anti-competitive antics causing consumer harm, and and really, it just felt like this hearing didn't do any of th- any of that from my standpoint. What do you guys think?
3: I could not agree more. Uh, I think both sides had their own agenda because there are two different interpretations of antitrust and and what it really constitutes. Each side has their own viewpoint of that. And I think they pushed it in either direction, which neither neither of which is going to help whenever you're trying to come together to ascertain whether or not this is truly – you know, having a negative impact on on the economy at large or the consumers directly. So it's just, yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree that. That's. I think that's part of the problem. And I think the other part of the problem is, and and I don't mean this as a slight, but it's going to sound like one. I don't know that the people asking the questions are the smartest people in the room.
0: Uh, and, that's probably <laughs> not the right way to I think say that's it. And, and, yeah, and I, I would note it not, a little I'm not, differently. I'm not going <laughs> to criticize them that badly, but I would say that they do seem to have a profound. Lack of understanding of tech. That's what right? I mean. Yeah. Like in but this particular subject matter. Let's just say smart. in this subject matter, there seems to be a dearth of real understanding of what these companies do, how they do it. Uh, maybe even just corporate America in general is a little bit lost there, I think. Because I, I mean some of the questions that I heard being asked is like, well, yes, that's literally how competition works too. Right, And it, it's kind of like, well, that's an awkward answer to have to give to somebody, right? Well, and I think Even it John also- John Nicholson
1: made the point about HEB having a, a house brand, like yeah. salad dressing, I think yeah. he was referring to. Yeah. He's like, are you going to yell at HEB for putting their house brand salad dressing at eye level versus, you know, craft and maybe charging five cents less?
2: Yeah, like, absolutely. It's the yeah.
1: Same sort of experience.
2: I think the other okay. side of it too is is that they it seemed like obviously like when it came to the questions around e-commerce, they seemed to have a little bit more of an understanding. Like the questions were far more knowledgeable. But like mm. when they got into the tech side of it, when you started focusing on some of the things, you know, Facebook was doing around acquisitions and especially around the anti-competitive behavior there. And then certainly, you know, with Apple in regards to App Store policies, it just felt like they were so distant from the topics they were talking yeah. about and really. didn't have any concrete questions to really ask
1: some of them, maybe it's just me, but some of them felt like personal experiences or grudges against Mm. that particular company.
0: That's a good way to put it. You know,
1: like they they were maybe had a bad shopping experience or felt (laughs) like they, their particular Facebook feed comes across a certain way. And they, they have these disagreements with their cousins and neighbor or whatever. And so they get up there and they yell at Zuck,
3: And Mm -hmm. say, you
1: know, why is it like this? You know, or or yell at Zuck and ask him about Twitter problems and he's like, Well, I don't know. That
0: that one that (laughs) That one was great. I mean that was was funny. If if there are points lost, then then I feel like that individual uh probably lost the most points. That that's pretty bad. To lose track of you know which CEO there there were only four. You're only talking to four CEOs, understanding their corporate Structure seems pretty important if the point you're trying to get to is monopolistic, anti competitive, let's break them up sort of uh, pursuits. Understanding what you're even trying to break up is, seems pretty critical to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Zuck, Zuck, Zuck made mention too. He's like, he's like, you know, he's like, Instagram wasn't really a social network when we bought it. And I was just kind of like, what? Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> like, how do you even go there? <laughs> I mean, but like, clearly there was, there was areas where, you know, obviously Facebook was trying to break into certain areas. They had the, uh, I think it was like Facebook camera or something like that, that, that they were trying to kind of spin up uh, during that, that kind of initial startup phase for Instagram. And, uh, but, but to claim that they weren't a social network when they bought them, that they weren't really competitive, you know, that was more, I think he, I think he even referred to them as complimentary. And it was just kind of like that, that's not at all accurate, not really a defense.
1: So uh, here's a fun fact, I'm curious what y'all think about this, but the four witnesses combined market cap across those, not just the individuals, but the, the companies themselves, when rated against national GDP, so this is in trillions of dollars, number one is the USA, 21 trillion, number two, China, 14 trillion, number three, Japan, 5 trillion and then just those four companies are 4.8 trillion coming in as number 4 with every other country in the world's gdp below them It's wild you think that matters? that's
3: insane so i think that that's <clears throat> i think it's an important point so here's here's the thing i think at a very high level if you if you look at that and you you see the concentration of the amount of wealth and and by extension to some degree power combined with you know the amount of people they employ and that impact on 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 the economy you say to yourself something seems wrong here. Something seems off balance. And that is what kind of the basis of all of this is, is like where, when is, when is something too much that it's going to cause some form of direct or indirect harm. And I think that they made their arguments maybe at that high level. And when it started to dig into the details is when things sort of started to become problematic, I think for really everyone in the room. And so, because here's the thing, that high level argument is also the easiest to defend against because most of their opening statements Actually, had some credence to them for yeah. for the most part, yeah. and that's because they were all based on that. This this I think this notion that we all believe there's something potentially not right here, but we don't know what it is, and so that's yeah. the high level argument. And now we're trying right. to dig into the specifics, Thanks. and they don't know enough to really go against or, or make strong cases no. against a lot of these people, other than the the various things I'm seeing that are starting to come out from emails, and I put one out on Twitter here that was that was interesting so there are some bits and pieces but i think that's what makes this so incredibly complex is the overarching idea versus the details
0: well and that's the thing is there there was a lot of evidence that was brought to bear you know related to the investigation that went up front and some of that i I won't go as far as to say it's damning but it does raise a lot of specific questions but whenever i hear stuff like this i I, i'm i get i get caught up in antitrust looking at it this way and and russ you kind of mentioned it early it's is this bad for the economy or is this bad for consumers, right? You've got to be able to show, pull the thread and show that the consolidation of wealth, the consolidation of services, the consolidation of of social media platforms and maybe even to to one side of the aisle pushing back and saying our voices being uh, squashed here too because that it is important if most discourse is happening on social media is the corporate slant in one direction or another actually something that is being can you prove that there is a problem with the way this is working but a lot of this boils down to in my opinion i think there are values that we get back from having some of the integrations that have happened with these tech giants. They're actually stitching platforms together in a meaningful way that brings value to customers too. That's important. And I'm not saying it's a shield that they can defend themselves you know ad infinitum behind. But if if our issue with how big Amazon is, is that they're big, I'm not sure that's sufficient. Is it is it crazy that the four of them represent, you know, more than the largest economies in the world from a, a country perspective? Yes, that's crazy. Is it bad for the world that they're doing what they're doing? That you that's what you gotta prove. You've got yeah. to be able to say yeah. like they're buying something and then they're putting it on the shelf to make sure it's not a competition, as an example, right? That's yeah, different yeah. than purchasing Instagram, and then integrating it into your platform and creating more ad revenue from it. If they bought it and killed it, then I think that's more anti-competitive than buying it and using it or buying it and integrating it. And, and that's a, it's a personal opinion, obviously. But
2: Right. Or is it where you're, you know, ultimately, I think it was Sensenbrenner who kind of said something along those lines, where is it is it criminal for these guys or, you know, against antitrust law to be big? And the answer to that (laughs) is obviously no. It's it's really about, you know, where is the anti-competitive behavior in some of these things? You know, when you have situations like, you know, obviously Google their whole business model was built around ad revenue. You know, they went out and bought a lot of their competitors. You know, you think about, um, some of the ones like back in the day that they first bought double click ad mob, stuff like that. Like, you know, they're buying up their biggest competition. You could make the same arguments for Facebook with, um, Instagram and, uh, The other one's slipping my mind at the moment. Yeah, WhatsApp. Thank you. So, I mean, it's just, Mm -hmm. I I think that's really, you know, the question in my mind is, you know, when you look at the anti-competitive behavior of this, there are certainly areas where I feel like there is definitely competition that they're squashing. And then when you look at the Amazon piece of this, and I think the Amazon one specifically is really interesting because they have this marketplace where they sell their own products alongside all of these small businesses and there was an interesting statistic brought up um, by, by one of the, uh, uh, one of the congressmen you know, on the panel um, where something like 37%, uh, 2.2 million active sellers on Amazon, 37% of those call Amazon the sole marketplace for their sole source of income. So there's a lot of, you know, and there's there's a lot of these small businesses that are using the Amazon marketplace for that for that purpose. And then you've got Bezos saying, "Oh, well there's tons of other options for these small sellers." When the reality of it is, when Amazon makes up over 50% of e-commerce, is there really tons of other options?
3: Exactly. And so that 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 point is so critical. It's it's almost that the act of being as big as they are is actually the antitrust case that someone would have to make. Like the the concept, like the idea that any one of these people here, what they could do is they could either do one of two things. Someone starts to get popular. If they can't compete with them, they can easily buy them because their wealth is borderline endless at this point compared to especially anyone else on the planet. Or they can easily invest in a certain scale to make something the same or better that catches on. And so that's something that's a concern. And I think it's interesting. If you look at it from a macroeconomic perspective, and Tyler, I'll be very interested in your perspective on this, because if I think about if you were trying to be an economist for the United States of America and you wanted to have the best portfolio to drive your GDP, you would probably not just want large assets, but you would want a diversified portfolio. And I think with so much Concentration on on these particular entities being whatever it was a a third or I can't remember the number that you had given out earlier, Billy, of the GDP. It's it feels as though because they have so much concentrated power, it limits the ability for other people to stand up and do things against them or similar or whatever because they're just going to buy or they're going to compete at a level that no one else can match because their scale in and it of itself, is anti-competitive. It, it negates the ability for someone to truly compete because Amazon can do this or Google can do this or whatever else can yeah. do this. And so that is the threat to the economy, I think, from my perspective, not being an economist, obviously, uh, although I do have a minor so, in it. And so that's just so something that I think is, is quite interesting to a uh, perspective to think and where I think that maybe some of our laws are not equipped to deal with where we are today as a digital economy because they were made in a time where this type of power was inconceivable.
1: So let me throw a quick question at you. Just another fact, like the other one here. So at the end of the 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 comments, they said, okay, well, our intention moving forward for the next hearing is talk about breaking you up, which was a big statement to close on, I thought. Heck yeah, I was yeah. kind of like, oh, okay. I, I had right. So here's the that. question, though. And, and the, the stat comes from Bloomberg, but the question is, are they acquiring too many companies? And if you look back over the past five years, they're incrementally ratcheting up the amount of companies, the amount of deals that they're making over the last five years. Hmm. And uh, Facebook so far this year is at a at a much higher clip than they have ever been. Is that where we need to start worrying, where we need to have more inspection, Where where we can't just say like what Google did? Tyler and I were talking about this the other day where they bought, uh, North. what was the name of that? North? Yeah. And then they shut it down. And then ultimately the product that people had bought from North is now a paperweight. Yeah, it's see, these smart that, glasses that don't that's the
0: kind of stuff I'm talking about. But, where you, you can pull a thread directly and you can say consumers are arguably, at least in the near term, hurt by that kind of behavior. They they purchased them. Maybe they just wanted a certain amount of technology. I, it makes me think of like big auto and, and what you see in some... Uh, I mean, I'll call it niche, but, but the shelving of technologies that would have made wildly more efficient engines or even a push towards electric uh, vehicles earlier. And there, there are some claims, and I, this isn't something I've dug into, uh, hopefully it's not too conspiracy theory-esque, but the idea is that there was enough of the sort of big oil, big um, auto conglomerate that said, no, this isn't really where we want the market to go, so they just shut it down. I don't want to see that happening in technology. And, and that North example is a good one. Even if that wasn't in the intention, um, it, it has a very bad look, right? I bought you. I'm taking just a little bit of your technology perhaps to bring it into my portfolio. We know that Google has been working on augmented reality and glasses for a very long time, right? It's been out there. So clearly a competitor to Google Glass out of the gate. And, and then Boom! It shut down. Users that own it can't use the same features they had before. The future of that platform is ghosted now, right? Like that's pretty terrible. Yeah. And it's tiny compared to what the stuff that. we probably don't hear about, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think what
1: I think the other thing.
2: Episode? Oops, sorry. Go ahead, Beeley. Yeah.
1: No, it's fine. It's fine. I was going to make a joke about. Uh, like Homer started his own operating system. And then I think Bill Gates walks in and hands him a hundred million dollars and then says, shut it down boys. And then walks out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But I I think, I think the other side of this to think about too, is, you know, we have the regulatory bodies in place. You know, you have the FTC there for a purpose and it really goes back to, you know, are some of those regulatory bodies failing us? You know, you look at, you know, I know um, David Cicilline, who was, who was, I think the chair of the committee, you know, made the statement around uh, Facebook's uh, 2012 acquisition of Instagram. He said the failures of the FTC in 2012 don't remove the issues of antitrust that have occurred. And it's like, okay, that's that's a pretty damning statement like that tells me that maybe we have maybe we have more regulatory issues here than we do really law issues because it's obvious that that for
0: a long time, though, like regulatory capture is a problem. We we know that in the United States, the regulatory bodies, especially in large corporate, heavily funded lobby efforts, for instance, we're not doing perhaps everything that we should be from an oversight uh, standpoint. But you kind of have to fix that before you can throw Facebook under the bus, I think. And, and that was one of Zuck's defenses. It was the FTC had all of the documentation you guys are talking about right now, and they approved this. So do you go and prove that the FTC didn't do their job and then go hit Facebook for it? I mean, I would argue maybe the answer to that is yes, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the other thing, too, to I was... Yeah, it's absolutely hard to argue. I mean, and and I think, you know, taking it back to the Amazon focus too, you know, there was a lot of conversation against Amazon was really focused on the e-commerce business, but kind of flipping the script to big data, like, you know, so many of these companies obviously are, they're big data companies now, you know? And so when you look at, <laughs> I think it was uh, uh, Joe Negus of Colorado um, identified a number of situations where uh, Amazon's AWS service was allegedly used to identify growing business trends to benefit you know, Amazon and and really help them identify, hey, where can we leverage some of our own first-party products or build some first-party products to sell right. those uh, to ultimately supplant some of these these other uh, small business solutions. So I
0: think it goes it, back it to it the sounds same nefarious,
1: thing. But, it sounds nefarious, but it's also genius. Right, well, it, it is. is. I was it was hard on data. You, yeah.
0: Sorry, you're probably going to say the same thing I was just going to say. But some of the defenses here is, well, yes, of course we're going to do some of these things. That's how you stay relevant. I actually think I forget, can't remember if it was uh, if it was also Zuckerberg or not. But the comment was, you know, if if we aren't making some of these acquisitions and we aren't purchasing this IP to stay on our toes, every one of these four companies sitting up here right now won't be at the top of this list in 20 years. Yeah. And, and if you look at the NASDAQ and the Dow and you look at the largest companies over the last hundred years, the ones that were probably having the same sorts of conversations 50 years ago aren't in the room and they're a blip compared to the size of the ones that are sitting here now. So Absolutely. you can see giants get overturned very easily by not keeping up. And, and that's where I go back to, if, if they're providing enough of a service, then what we should be doing is addressing the regulatory side of this stuff to make sure that we are hounding them when they do something that is actually hurting consumers right. and that there are sufficient damages in place or penalties for doing so. It's not, I don't know that we get what we want just by breaking these guys up. Right. But yeah. if they're what, doing stuff that's hurting consumers, then they need to be Sufficiently held accountable for it, and that is a regulatory problem, not an antitrust problem per se. I
3: yeah, well, and I, I think that there's an element there of remember that's that's one of the two sides of this of the antitrust is does it hurt consumers or does it hurt the economy? That's cyclical, right? So if you hurt the economy, you you, in effect, will eventually hurt the consumers as well. And those are two very differing viewpoints between the the parties that are conducting this investigation and interview. And so I think that that's just the biggest thing we have to keep in mind here is is which side of this are we trying to directly point to? Because quite frankly, let's be honest, man, every one of these companies, even the ones I don't like, are providing phenomenal services to their consumers. Yeah. Right.
2: There's, There's no a ton of value with
3: which yep. it.
1: Yes. Right. That's so where I take much issue. Value. That's where I take issue with the quote unquote hurting the economy piece, because that feels like old man yells at cloud. <laughs> when you look at the disruption <laughs> and the, the acceleration of digital transformation yeah. and all of this being enabled by the internet and the fact that it's cutting out a lot of the steps in between. Look at education. We're on the, we're on the, just the, the first, the front edge of how education is going to transform in the future. I think I was tweeting the other day about if you can imagine a, like a, um, a, an aggregator of courses all over the place, whether they're somewhere physical or part of some program online, but a, a, an aggregator that almost like APIs into those other things that can then just produce degrees and it cuts out all these other aspects. And then you think about it from a healthcare perspective and, Obviously, the physical business model and and government and all this kind of stuff. Um, is it is it they're yelling and kicking and screaming because things are just moving too fast and they're not understanding or keeping up, and their competition isn't keeping up? Uh, you know, where yeah. do you land on that, and and um, why pump the brakes on these amazing American companies, like these U.S. based companies that, that are dominating are at a global
0: a, scale? Global, right. yeah. And, and yeah. I think that's something that's lost sometimes here too. Is that when you look at You look at Amazon, you know, their biggest competitor in the United States probably doesn't compare to like Baidu at all, right? They're they're not playing on the same chessboard.
1: Sure.
0: I just, so I think it's a math
3: problem that that would require Tyler to spend at least an hour looking at directly with no interruptions. And <laughs> it, the the reality, I think, here is, is like there is a measurable way, I think, to sort of see how much this hurts the economy. And it is to kind of look at the, you know, how much of the economy... Could, they're growing, right? And, you know, every analyst report I look at shows that none of these companies are even close to stopping their growth trajectory. No, if, As long the as... The, the relative growth of the, the other two-thirds of the economy, because it's clear that they are one-third of it between four companies, then if, as long as the relative growth of the rest of the United States economy – is tra- is in the same sort of trajectory, maybe relative to their mm-hmm. own business, so maybe not sure. growing. Obviously, at no, the that's rate that they are, to put it. and they're and and we have the the same amount of people employed, and we're not losing jobs over it. If all of those things are rising at the same time, and the rising tide of these four companies is lifting all ships, then Buellie, no, it's it is not a problem in the macro economy. It yeah. is a net positive. Yeah. However, if this aggregation of wealth widens the wealth gap, less people have jobs, and other companies are shrinking then then it is a problem in some yeah. way shape or form and that's yeah, agree. that's the math problem Absolutely. that we have to figure out yeah, yeah.
1: so quick anecdote. Uh, anecdote uh, when i finished work the other day i watched the last 45 minutes of this or something on, on tv and my wife walked in the room she walks in right as uh i can't remember who it was that was asking but um asking bezos about certain things that were being prioritized um as as um as uh what's the term? I can't remember, but urgent or, or needing to be shipped during the COVID pandemic, right? A priority. And the she was I can't remember if it was he or she. Anyway, they were getting they were getting really frustrated at Bezos about this and and like, well, you know, is a backyard slide is that is that an essential product that you need to be shipping or whatever? And Joanna got pissed. She was like, the U.S. government needs to be like bowing down to Amazon shipping services for saving our country through that time period <laughs> where yeah. everyone was required to be shut like shut in and everyone could just order whatever they needed online and it got delivered. And they handled it. Amazon invested $4 billion to make sure that they were successful in making that happen. And now they're standing trial in front of the U.S. government on like how they prioritize certain things. I mean, thank it, you for sending too, us our toilet paper.
0: Too big we to couldn't let us get it stop buying right. stuff. Yeah,
2: what? I think that I think that goes back to it. There was an earlier uh, line of questioning. I think it was Nadler when he was asking uh, Tim Cook, you know, specifically around some of the App Store policies and st- stuff like that. And um, I think it was the recent controversy around the App Hay that that he was specifically referring yeah. to about the fact that you know. I think there's an App Store policy or something like that that Apple gets 30% of subscription revenue um if the subscription goes through the App Store. So they were obviously trying to circumvent that and he he basically accused Tim Cook of profiteering during the time of a pandemic um specifically over this specific use case and I'm like I'm like yeah I don't think that's I don't think that's bold. fair. Yeah, that's yeah, incredibly that's
1: not bold. fair at all. That's yeah, that's just trying to well whatever.
2: Yeah. That's yeah, probably but, its own half-hour discussion. <laughs> it is. Is it? It is. But but then you know you Whatever. also see you also see yesterday um, all of the uh, record profits coming out from all four of these companies. Essentially, I think Google was the only one that por- posted yep. a slight loss on the ad revenue side for the first time ever. For the first time ever. Years. Yeah. Yeah, they were, but they were down year over year. But YouTube was up year over year for, for this quarter. Um, Amazon doubled profit 5.2 compared to 2.6 in the same quarter last year. Like, that's crazy.
1: And you know they were sitting there knowing that
0: while they're yeah, sitting they're here answering these questions. insane numbers. Yeah, sitting in a hot yeah. seat when that was happening, for sure.
2: Yeah, you've you yeah. got to be thankful that the uh, hearing isn't delayed a day or two. Um, <laughs> right. Considering you know that those numbers are about <laughs> to land. <laughs>
1: All right, here's one more. So this was a question out to, uh, it, was a, it was a tech trust survey run by Vox Media in December of 2019. What do uh, individuals in the US think about these companies? Positive, neutral, negative, right? So almost like an NPS score, right? But But done correctly by just saying positive, neutral, negative instead of a one to 10 scale where somebody picks a six versus a seven and it's a massive swing. So, but don't get me caught up on NPS surveys and how they're wrong. Anyway, (laughs) uh, number one on the list, Google, 72% positive, 24% neutral, 4% negative. Amazon, 70% positive, so on and so forth. Microsoft, 66%, Apple, 62% positive. The one that was the farthest down the list was Facebook at 40% uh, 40 positive. But in general, especially for Google, Amazon, Microsoft, Apple, Netflix, YouTube, they're all seen as very Good for society was. Was this a global
3: survey, or was it in America? Because I'm surprised Apple is higher than that. If it yes. was in America,
1: it, I would guess. Well, I can pull it up on the Verge. I was going to guess that it was just U.S. based, but it may be global. Yeah, interesting. It's,
3: it's interesting. Are uh, you implying that my not, opinion of not, Apple isn't more widespread? Look, you and I both don't like Apple, <laughs> all right? Okay, uh, I, okay. and, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why. It's super easy. It's super short. I don't like Apple because of those. I'm a Mac. I'm a PC, commercials, and the blatant lies with which they spewed. So <laughs> I, I, hate, I hated that it's approach, true. you know? But I own an iPad because I buy what I believe is best of breed in a there product category, and I believe the know. iPad is best of breed in its category. So, you yeah. know, I can... I can, I can admit those things as well. So I just, you know, because so many people love them, their their support is sure. revered, at least in this country. It's like, I would have thought that if, if there's people in the 80 plus percent range, I would have just thought they would be up there. And quite frankly, I would have thought Google would have been lower And Google is a company that I don't say, I don't know that I like them, but I use a lot of their products.
1: Sure. Sure. So well, the surprising. goal of what I'm sharing here, right. And because and, we've kind of, we've kind of touched on the topic, like, are these companies <laughs> good for society? And people, I'm guessing in the U.S., this based on this survey, overwhelmingly yes.
0: Yeah, uh, you know what it would be really cool to see would be uh, I think one of the most poignant examples of you know antitrust and watching something get broken up. What was the sentiment towards Mob Bell when it first got crushed? Right, like were people just tired of it, or was it just we see this being a huge problem, so we're going to tear it to pieces? I don't know the history well enough, but I'd love to know. If, if because I'll bet if you put, and, and I'm going to totally just fire a shot at Comcast here, sorry. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you put I'll Comcast on that list, everyone would just say, universally, I hate you. Yep. Yes. Right? Like, nothing about ISPs what you do is good for me. Worst. So So, <laughs> was the sentiment for Ma Bell like ISPs today? Or was it like Google today? Because I have a feeling I know what the answer is. And, and I'm guessing it's the, the former, right? Which is we hate you. So Which is ironic because the ISPs
3: are more critical than any of these <laughs> companies. <They laughs> yeah. wouldn't exist and without everyone
0: hates them. Yeah, but you want to go? You, you want to get into antitrust? There, let's figure out why they're so bad at making consumers happy.
2: Yeah. Did anybody? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you guys, you guys all saw bits and pieces. Did anybody have like a favorite funny moment of of the overall hearing? Because I mean, there were obviously quite a few of them where you just kind of sat back and just laughed.
1: I think there was one like where laugh, uh, Bezos though. started talking and he was on mute.
2: Yeah, that was great. <laughs> that was that yeah, uh,
3: I think the favorite thing I've seen so far, I actually put it on Twitter, was it's just a, just an ironic statement. It's difficult for me not to see irony. And it, it was where apparently in some emails that have been busted out, which I've, I, I think is the most interesting thing to me overall is them busting out emails. Some of them are from Steve Jobs, you know, from back yeah. in the day. And, and one interesting one was how Amazon was unwilling to, to go with the normal Apple business model uh, for their Prime Video app on iOS where they take a 30% cut because they said that this was just not an acceptable business term. Like That was Bezos's, like verbiage on it. And then at the same time, we're sitting here talking about HBO Max, who he won't let onto the Fire TV platform because HBO Max doesn't want to pay a 30% cut I know, of, I know. of their distribution. So it's so, just like it's insane to me
2: that that whole dialogue between jamie raskin uh, out of maryland and and bezos over that uh, I, that was my favorite part of the whole thing he was like consumers want to know when amazon's gonna allow hbo max on fire tv devices i'm like what he's like is, he's like <laughs> is amazon uh, a gatekeeper for apps and i'm thinking to myself don't you have apple and google on this exact same call <laughs> it was it was hilarious so when he's he He was making claims like, you know, you're using leverage over people's living rooms to wield power over these companies. And I'm just shaking my head. But I mean, to your point, Russ, there was there was also I mean, there's a huge Trevor or treasure trove of emails um, in that overall you know, kind of document dump resulting from this hearing. And um, one of the other things that I kind of had a note for myself to kind of go back and look at is um, specifically around like bookstores. Um, and online bookstores because there was, there was kind of a similar thing with Apple, with the iBook store, um, and And, Kindle services. And yeah, it was, it was pretty wild there because there was, there was definitely some, uh, uh, preference on Steve Jobs part that, Hey, you know, they cannot, um, they cannot basically handle the in-app purchasing program. Uh, through their app, they have to go out to the website to do that because otherwise, it's too easy to switch between platforms. And I was like, that that yep. doesn't really compute, yeah. but interesting and, nonetheless. And it's still that way, what? To yeah, this day. It is. Are you talking
0: to Apple? Which one?
2: Yeah, for iOS.
3: So to use the Kindle it's, app, for instance, if I buy a book, this on the has always Kindle, been my, my criticism phone, of
0: Apple. It's oh, the, oh, my it, garden it, and only my garden. I hate that yeah. stuff. Yeah. You're right, Tyler. You're right. It just works. <laughs> That's fine. Then use the phone because it works. Don't wall the garden off so much that even if you found something better, you couldn't use it if you wanted to. That's the I issue. Can't
1: hear you. You're breaking up. I'm just
3: kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, uh, is, Russ, were you going to say something though. else, or can oh, I? I was just going to
3: say that on my on my Android phone, like I, you know, I and I use Kindle. Uh, I also use the Audible app and all this stuff. So I I use the apps to purchase things all the time from various providers. And Android has no restriction around that for me to do it. Heck, you can even use other app stores on Android. And so right. I think I Which think that the that's right where answer, the answer, in my opinion. That's where the if that didn't exist, then I don't think Apple would be under as much scrutiny. But because right. that does exist, right? They People keep aren't asking why know. Apple
0: was even up there, and that's the answer. Exactly. It's, I use the <laughs> yeah. Play Store because it is the best user experience and the most convenient ninety-nine percent of the time. Right. Do I have to? No. Love having the option, and that's exactly how those digital marketplaces should work, in my opinion. Yeah, Here, it did I'm feel, feel devil, it did feel a little out of place. Like it did feel platform. a little out of place, though.
2: Sorry, having I mean Apple up there. Yeah, I mean, like I, oh, I yeah. think. Nicholson pointed to it too. Like you look at you look at the line of questioning, it was like Zuckerberg had sixty-two questions, Bezos had fifty-nine, uh, Pakai had sixty-one, Tim Cook had thirty-five, like not even remotely yeah. close. And you're just like, What why is Apple in this particular yeah. hearing? Not I, and I there's can not tell you why that happened
3: <laughs> I can tell you why that happened because everyone at least in the, this country, because I, I see their faces all the time when I explain to them that the most popular operating system on the planet is Android, and they say to themselves, "Like, no, 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 that can't be true." And I'm like, I realize that, that Apple has never held a dominant market position in any product category, and yes. and they're like, "What? No, that's not true." And and but I I'm I've, I have a feeling that they got thrown into this, and then as they were thinking of questions, they're like, "Hey, wait a minute here, Apple yeah. only has like." seven percent share in pcs and 23 percent share in phones and
1: that, that goes know. to what i was saying at the beginning <laughs> of the call it's it, the, the reason that they're there and the questions were asked the way they were are based on personal experiences
0: right yeah. and, people and it's people just looked at that they, and have and they, have an they an said apple's and a tech they're giant they're worth a gajillion dollars they must be too big right Which yeah. is, and i think i think
2: some of it some of it too is you bad. know I think Tim Cook even pointed it out. He's like, he's like, listen, we've got 1.7 million apps on the app store. He's like a hundred thousand apps are new or revised, you know, submitted per day. And he's like, you know, he's like, at the end of the day we have a lot of other competitors in this space he's like they can go develop for android you know uh, xbox windows i mean he was listing platforms that weren't even the same but i mean you know back to that same exact point like you know there's plenty of other options out there in that particular space where when you flip it to the e-commerce side and even the the ad side i don't think that same argument is true
1: so if you pulled out tim cook and i'm going to throw in my vote before i ask the question but i would have rather seen elon there just for the giggles
0: uh who would you have put in <laughs> oh, you man. Who, he would, would have said the most he... ridiculous stuff It would have been great <laughs> uh
1: yeah i think he would have been a little bit of a smart aleck of, you know more so than than uh anyway who would y'all put in if you took out tim cook
3: i really don't know i mean do you, do
1: you put microsoft you just left those three I just... yeah
3: I mean, I guess I just, you could, you could make that argument. I, I guess the I, only I other I thing that I've already been through this song and dance a couple times. I mean, why, did, so yeah,
0: why does they it have to feel be four? Like yeah. Like what's the, I mean, what's the, why, why? Like why, why include another? I mean, if I did, I would just include one of the ISPs just so I could have a villain.
2: Well, that would be, that would be fun for sure. But I think, <laughs> you know, given, look good. given the companies that they had up there, I think you could make an argument for Twitter, you know, and putting Jack Dorsey up there. Um, just because of the fact that it seemed like in a lot of cases the the First Amendment, you know, free speech came up quite a bit, and obviously yeah. not antitrust. But you know, if you're going to ask a, that line of questioning they, of Facebook, they even
3: referenced Twitter once without knowing it, yeah. so. <laughs> that was great. So that,
1: I, I'm glad you mentioned Jack. I, I don't think that it's big enough to be part of that conversation, but yeah. relevant to the other um, survey I mentioned on Vox Media, Twitter was the lowest based on what they asked in terms of <laughs> is this good for society? It's really positive, only 32. percent and wow. 26% said negative, which was the highest on, on negative, even higher really than interesting. from a negative perspective. It just
3: yeah. sounds like giving a voice this, to the public is not good, is basically what that <laughs> yeah. says. Yeah.
1: Well, and this gets to the question I was trying to come up to or, or get to earlier, but there were questions around inadequate censorship or excessive censorship. And without getting into <laughs> politics on this, uh, the, the, the idea of either um, certain viewpoints, certain sides of the aisle having bias limitation against their free speech online versus though I I remember seeing an accusatory question that was basically telling Facebook that they're in charge of controlling who says what on their platforms which I I mean is impossible and and just outright insane Uh, I'm curious what y'all think about that
2: yeah I mean I think I think that to some degree, with Facebook, there's there's like almost like a social rite of passage. Um, you know, if you're not if you're not my friend on Facebook, then are we even friends in real life? You know, I mean, some of the, some people take that stuff really seriously. You know, and and when you look at Twitter, I think with Twitter, you know, I, I have a Twitter feed, and one of the things that I love about Twitter is the fact that I can still follow somebody, I can mute them. You know, I, if if there's a specific topic that I don't like, I can I can mute that particular hashtag or whatever. But I find a lot of my news through there. But I think the problem with social media in general is the fact that it's given everyone a platform. And I think to some degree, people are tired of everyone having a platform, and so I think that's why you see, you know, in in those polls like that that you listed out, Billy. Really, there's, I think that's why you see such a low, you know, uh, I don't know what it was, satisfaction or you know, approval rating, uh, for those yeah. particular platforms.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know, man. Despite all the 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 poison and just like bad actors and, and whatnot in social media, I still think having a platform for everyone is way better. Than having it limited to four or five main sources.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that.
2: That's totally fair. Yeah, I you know
3: I, I put this I put this in the same category because it's me and I and I have to tie this to gaming. It's like whenever you you get online and you start playing games online for the first time, you start moving your your interactions away from your core group of five or ten friends that you played video games with you know the rest of your life growing up. You are inherently going to come across people who are just unreasonable difficult to deal with, say things you don't like. But the benefit definitely outweighs it. And I think you just have to learn to deal with that to some degree. I think the the issue is is too much of a good thing often becomes a polarizing or a bad thing. And that's probably what this boils up to is that it's too easy to take something and turn it into more than it is because everyone has a voice, but at the same time there's a lot of good that comes from it. So I think Absolutely. I agree with you it's a it's a net positive that that comes from that. You know what's interesting about Twitter is that it is really big, not as big as these guys. One thing that they don't have that most of these other do is a is a relatively diversified offering. And I think that that's part of some of these issues is, I think that, especially in the case of Amazon, there are concerns about their ability to subsidize other businesses that block anyone from being able to meaningfully compete inside of them because they will be able to operate them at a loss and this this actually even came up a few times and bezos never answered those things directly but like he brought up one time they were like well do you sell the amazon alexa at a loss he's like uh i mean at full retail Uh, I don't think it's a loss. You know, I mean, it's basically he couldn't get it straight. He's like, he said it was a loss. Alexa devices
0: at full retail price ever. (laughs) It's always
3: on sale. And And he he did admit, he's like, when it's on sale, we're selling it at a loss. So in the event that it's like you're selling these things at a loss, to some degree, that is anti-competitive because no one can, a market can't exist at a loss forever. But if it is subsidized by something else, then... Then how do you compete in this area, especially if that thing is something like an Alexa device, which people like me who are sitting here saying this are incredibly hypocritical. I have like five of them in my house. So they're hearing this whole conversation and they're going to send me a email after this podcast you know, with five things that I need to buy and I'm going to buy three of them. So it's it's stuff like that that gets people <laughs> ahead, where it makes competing in the space borderline impossible, and that's part of this weird problem I think that we're yeah. trying to solve here.
0: And I think there's something to be said there that the four that were up there on the stage being questioned, like a lot of times, their only competitors are one of the other four, and that's right. probably yeah. not a good thing sure. for consumers in the long run, right? Um, but it's it's hard to argue that, like you said before, it's, that they aren't doing well right now in in serving their customers.
3: It is interesting because, you know, there is kind of an old adage of, as far as competitors in a market, that there's really only ever going to be three and only two of them are actually going to matter. It's like for the majority of a market, you're going to have a top one and two player. The yeah. third person is going to be kind of an ankle biter, but still you know, significantly larger than everyone else. But it's really those top two that gain 80% of the share of whatever that market is. And I think that's true in a significant amount of industries. I think the thing that's maybe different here is that they just so happen to play in these markets that sort of touch everything else. And that's what magnifies their size beyond anything that we saw before. Because if you think of other really, really large places, it's like the Rockefeller family, right? Yeah. They... They probably, I think, at the time, comparatively, maybe even controlled more of the GDP than what Amazon does today. Yeah, I don't probably. know that for sure, but I think no, no, no. no wise, percentage yeah. wise, you could be very right. But yeah. it's but it's one
0: thing that they did, yeah. You know, and well, so and that's yeah. the, the the digital marketplaces. The way that these guys get into it. I mean, with with the exception of uh, I think Apple, where a lot of their stuff is still tied to physical devices, there's really. Almost no limit to how big they could get and how much territory they could cover with their services, right? Right. Distribution Very doesn't true. really have a scale problem. It's just, is it worth investing in more areas? Uh, digital marketplaces, of course. If if your users are connected, then they can use your services, right? Um, so uh, it's even if that's true, if the Rockefellers had a bigger chunk of GDP, I, I'm not sure we 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 just haven't seen these guys get big enough to trump them yet. They will. Because of the global scale, I think.
3: Right. Look, scale is not the problem. In fact, space is the problem because, heck, Bezos is going into space now. He he, <laughs> he ran out of space on Earth of areas to conquer. And so now he's just going up, you know?
1: Did you it's see ridiculous. that? Uh, did y'all, And we, we should probably shut it down. I think we're going to kind of get towards the tail end of this and I need to jump. But um, there was a, a meteorite that apparently is in our solar system that it's worth like it was seven, and then there's like eighty zeros after it because of the amount of gold that's inside of what? it. All these wow. precious, precious metals.
0: You know what's hilarious kind of about that is that if you had a meteorite full of gold and it hit Earth, then gold wouldn't be worth what it is right now. It's only exciting <laughs> right. because it's rare. That's ridiculous. Right. right. Now, if it was something like, uh, oh, what's the what's the material? That we actually have strict limitations on Earth. It's uh, it's related to the circuit production. Oh, why can I not think of it? It's a silicate. But um, now, if it was a if it's a meteor full of that, now we're talking. Because eventually what we're going to run
1: strict out. Strict
0: limitations. Well, like literally, but the, the crust of a- the Earth is only expected to have x percent. Oh yeah. X yeah, percent yeah. of that is is all that we think we'll be able to get to. Kind of like oil, but for producing motherboards, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. It, that's interesting. Gold? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I did read
1: a a, a stat back when I, I remember this when I was like a teenager or something. Um, just because I remember where I was standing when I when I read it. But if you took all the gold in all the world, it would fill an average two story house. Pure gold.
0: Is that gold or platinum? Because I know plat, plat platinum's are like a twenty five by twenty five foot room or something like that. I thought there was more gold. Yeah. I could. That's crazy. Wow. That,
1: I thought there was more gold too. But
0: yeah, I feel like
1: movies lie to us. <laughs>
3: I've seen more gold gold in in (laughs) banks.
1: Yeah. Is it pure gold? I don't know. Someone correct me. I read that somewhere on the internet.
0: So clearly it was true.
1: All right. Any final statements, y'all, before we (laughs) shut this down?
0: This is the internet. Everything we said is true. That's right.
1: (laughs) On On that that note. note. Yeah. Okay. No final (laughs) statements. We'll we'll talk again after (laughs) they do more on this.
0: No. Hey, Darren, thanks for joining us, Russ. Always a pleasure. This is fun. And I hope everyone that was listening also had a great time. We sure did. Um, this is a fun topic, a little off to the side. Let us know if you enjoyed that. Let us know if you've got commentary. Let us know if there's news or stuff that we missed from this, which I'm sure there is. Please engage us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Have a fantastic weekend. And we will talk to you next week.